welcome to the In Systems We Trust podcast with Mark E. Murray. You're listening to season two. In Systems We Trust dives into all things systems and processes and interviews the professionals who are using them to change the landscape of their organizations every day. This podcast is fueled by Ditto, a team that is on a mission to eliminate team burnout by implementing systems and processes that streamline your business's growth. Are you ready for more clarity? Here we go. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of In Systems We Trust. My name is Marquis, and I am your host. And today I'm talking with Simon Severino. Simon is the author, CEO of Strategy Sprints, and host of the Strategy Sprints podcast. He has interviewed powerhouse entrepreneurs like Rita McGrath, David Allen, Perry Marshall, and hundreds more on business, productivity, and growth. He helps business owners in SaaS and services run their company more effectively, which results in sales that soar. He created the strategy sprints method that doubles revenue in 90 days by getting owners out of the weeds. Simon leads a global team of certified strategy sprint coaches that helps clients gain market share and work in weekly sprints, which result in fast execution. Welcome to the show, Simon. Hello, everybody. Excited to be here. Likewise, yeah. Thanks for thanks for joining in. I know you're you're signing on from from Austria today. Um, you just told me that this is your fifth recording of the day, so I so appreciate you uh, rounding out your day with with me and and uh, the audience here. I love it. This is the best part of the day, the late afternoon when when I have interviews, and I, I love this part so much. Meeting cool people, going going places. I'm curious where where we land today. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a, a journey and seeing where things can go. So let's jump right in. I know, I know I left some things out of your bio. I did that intentionally. I want to talk about some of that because you're, you said that you love talking to cool people. I love talking to cool people and your background is very interesting. So I want to start there. I mean, you've consulted um, or worked with Google. You're an accomplished author. You're a TEDx speaker. I think the first question should be, you know, what haven't you accomplished in business so far. Can, can you talk more to your background and how you kind of got here? I, I really have just done one thing. So basically my 20s were finding out what can be my contribution to the world. And my thing was consulting. So I was in a consulting company. I would, I would fly to many clients in many cities with many topics and find out what my thing is that I can contribute. It took a long and that in my 30s, I kind of found it. Mm. And when I found it, I sticked to it. Mm. I did nothing else. And so, and then I just expressed it as strategy sprints, which then became my mantra, my method, and is now my global team of certified strategy sprints coaches that I that I run and supervise. And so... It was really in the beginning finding out what can be my contribution to this world. Mm -hmm. And then when I found it after many, many, many experiments and many failures, but then there was something clicking in and then I said, let's stick to it. Mm. And um, that's it. So most people right now in their 20s or in their 30s feeling like, mm -hmm, I'm not sure. 
keep experimenting more, do more kilometers. At some point, it will click. And when it click, reduce everything else. Mm. Do one thing every day. You will be the best at that particular thing. And then, you know, you will niche down more and more and more every year. I want to know how you got to that one thing, because for me, I mean, a few episodes, I released uh, our, our vivid vision for Ditto and where we're going mm -hmm. in the future and, you know, why it was important. And for me, I know what you said about, you know, clients flying you across the world to work with them. That was one of the questions that I was personally challenged with that my mentor presented to me for me to go and find out. What am I bringing to the world and why would someone fly me across the world to do business? And at the time when I first started this, I didn't have a good answer, but it seems like you found your thing. So what was it? What happened? What did that process look like for you to find that one thing that you're really good at? Trying many things. So okay. uh, I was curious and um, I had no plan what my thing is so i would always say yeah yeah me 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 so i was a junior consultant in this big consultancy and um there were a ton of different projects and everybody was going for the easy projects the one where you can have an easy win and then there were projects where everybody goes like oh my god no don't mm. let me do the the strategy of bmw in munich with the ceo oh my god no that will be the hell of a project. I was like, I, I want it. I want it. Give it to me. Give it to me. And everybody was like, Simon, are you stupid? Mm. Take. And, and they literally said to me, a, a, a smart horse just jumps the minimum that he needs to jump. And you are jumping always more. And I said, okay, if, yeah, if, if your hypothesis is right, then I'm an idiot. But Hey, that's who I am. I want to, I want to try so many things because I want to see what clicks. So I was trying things where I'm in the front, trying things where I'm in a support role, trying things that are global, trying things that are local, trying mm -hmm. things that are very sales driven, trying things that are more internal, um, process driven, internal driven, uh, optimizing. Uh, versus innovating. So there were so many things that I had to find out to test and to really feel. And it was just volume, the number of projects mm -hmm. and uh, the, the number of countries and the number of mandates and, and big questions that these projects had to solve. It, the sheer volume until it clicked. Perfect. So what did it look like when you were starting out with, you know, some of these companies? Let's take Google as, as an example. You were brought in as a consultant. You've had, you know, already years of experience under your belt. Was this at the stage that you were still trying many things or had you found it at that point? And were, were you living then in your zone of genius? Google is this year. That's right now. And okay. um, they have a program called Grow with Google. And they go out to the world and say, we help small businesses grow. Now, when you have the promise, you have to deliver on the promise, right? So they need yeah. now partners who have the time, the capacity, the people to do it. Because that's not the main job of Google, right? Mm -hmm. So they need partners. So, so when you think of your list of your ideal dream 100 list, 
there is always something that they need to solve next. Don't think in big and small and I am small and they're big. They want to accomplish something. They are, mm-hmm. they are on a mission and they need partners on a mission. That's how I think about joint venture partnerships. And so we are now joint venture partners. They say, row with Google. Then they run a series of webinars. We get the stage. And then when people say, okay, I want to grow more. And they say, can you help me uh, with ads? This is where Google excels. Mm-hmm. And then when they say, can you help me with organic growth? This is where we excel. And then that's that's the win-win-win situation. The small businesses get scaling. Business, um, Google gets to, to deliver on the promise. We help small businesses grow, grow with Google. And, um, and we get the stage and the clients from there that we then really accompany in the day-to-day in their, in their daily scaling. Okay. Really interesting. So let's talk more about what that growth looks like for the customers on the other side. Because like you said, you know, Google's promising this thing and they need to deliver. And that's the same with any service provider, right? Though we may not be able to guarantee results or the outcome, we have a roadmap and a plan. And so I want to talk about something that uh, I read earlier, and we're going to dive into strategy sprints, your book, and just talk through some of the different points there. But one of the things that the book boasts is that, you know, your method can double, you know, a company's revenue in 90 days. That's a, that's a yeah. big thing to be able to do. I mean, we, we've read books like, you know, uh, Cameron Harold has double, double where he talks about doubling revenue in three years, let's say. So where does the 90 days come from and how do you, you know, I mean, if you came into any business, if you came into my business and said, I'll double revenue in 90 days, it's where do I sign, right? So how do you yeah. deliver that on the other end? What, what does that method really look like? Let's break it down. It's pretty simple. It's three strategies, three habits, and three numbers, and that's why it works. Some, some quadruple. Uh, it's not that hard to do. And uh, we, we're doing only this every day since years, and it's now certified strategy sprints coaches in every continent and they're doing nothing else than this every day and uh, i had 20 years to to build it on the job with the projects whatever would work for bmw i of course had um had on on my laptop right so i had created it and uh, i saved it so that i can reuse it when the next client says this is my challenge then i'll go oh wait a moment i have something and so over time, it was 274 blueprints and template over 20 years. And then I said, all right, I can now certify people. People come in. I can teach you this. Do you want to learn it? Do you want to do it? You can help people double revenue and regain their time. And um, they said, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. And for me, it's too boring to create the systems and to create the blueprints. I want to just coach. And I said, all right, I can certify you. Mm-hmm. I can teach you. And so that was the next win-win. Coaches want to coach, and uh, but somebody has to build the infrastructure. Somebody has to build the blueprints. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, you just start asking their their mood and asking their temperature and telling them what they already know. You you have to come with blueprints if you want to really speed them up, um, so that they start from something. So doubling revenue, three strategies, three habits, and three numbers. And it's pretty straightforward. The three strategies are 
if you want to double your revenue, for the next 90 days, you do only the things that move forward, either increasing by 25% the frequency of your sale or increasing by 25% the price that you can charge for your offer or increasing by 25% the conversion rate of your current uh, sales conversations. You increase these three things by 25%, which is easy to do in, uh, in 90 days if, 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 if you have done it many times. Mm-hmm. And just with these three acupuncture points, you have doubled revenue. It's plus 99% because they compound. So it's plus 99%, you have doubled revenue. Now you have more oxygen in the system and you have a more optimized system, which has three qualities that are really important. And um, it's velocity, resilience, and agility. So you have now more oxygen in the system. What do you do with it? You want to have more resilience, more velocity, and more agility. My definition is very simple. So what is velocity? Velocity is speed, including the direction. So I learned this from from physics, actually. There is speed without direction, and there is speed in the right direction. You said the vivid vision. If you have your vivid vision and you're executing every day, now you have velocity. Right. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. And um, if you see yourself going off track, you go back to the three things. Are we increasing by 25% frequency, conversion, price? Yes, on track. Let's go. Let's keep on track. Because you will be distracted along the way. So that's velocity and making sure you're running in the right direction. Because the worst thing on the planet is you... You, you have a running competition, you're running a marathon and you are the fastest, but you're running in, you're running in the wrong direction. Uh, That's the worst thing you can do in a marathon. Interesting. Um, I, I love the approach. I love the methodology. It, it definitely makes a lot of sense. We, so we have velocity, resilience, and agility, but the increase of, you know, um, by 25%, sorry, in, in the frequency of those revenue generating tasks, your conversion Right, increasing that, and then your prices for for services. I'm curious as to how you account for improvements that need to be made in the business to make way for some of this, right? Um, or inefficiencies that are are currently happening in the business. Because the answer is not always, you know, charge more, do more. There's oftentimes we need to fix things and take a real look at what's not working in the business. So. Does your method take all of that into account? And is that included in your 90 days? I just want to understand, like, it it can't be that simple for everyone to just do more and increase your prices. How how do you account for the the other side of it? So our our method is simple. The simple things are not easy to do, but it's simple. And uh, we work by reduction. So we never say do more. Okay. 99% of all businesses right there, right now, are doing too much. Okay. So our method works by reduction. We have a thing called bottleneck analysis. So every week we check the whole value creation from awareness, engagement, make-up, sales opportunity, closing the deal, retainment, upsell, cross-sell. And you look at, okay, which part is the weakest right now? 
And that uh, comes from the theory of constraint that if you just improve the weakest part, the overall throughput will be much higher than if you if you repair everything a little bit. Okay. So every month has a bottleneck to solve and every week has a bottleneck to solve. That's how we keep focused. And when you do that, with 20% of the effort, you can have 80% impact. So mm. it works by reduction. And we have questions. Typical strategy sprint coaches' questions are, if you 10x tomorrow, the, the output. So if you, take, if you take on tomorrow 10 times more clients than you have right now, which part breaks first? Yeah. That's how you find the bottleneck. And so we focus on that thing. When it is solved, we move to the next. And we can do it a bit faster. So people go, but how can you solve it in a week? We have 274 templates. Remember, there is the business of business is, is made of basically 11 parts. And those 11 parts, we broke them down in overall 274 templates. The business of business is always the same. It's like anatomy. You have two hands, two feet, one head. Most mm. people are built like that. If you understand anatomy, you can help many people. You don't have to reinvent the wheel with every new patient if you are a doctor. Um, so really interesting. And another thing that the 90-day method you know, talks to is removing owners out of the weeds. So with this reduction framework, I assume that you're also helping these owners to remove distractions, to remove, you know, tasks that they shouldn't be spending their time on. So delegating those tasks, removing them from their, their, their workload altogether. Is that part of the methodology or in the template system that you're training in? Definitely. Okay. So we talked about resilience. So what is resilience? Resilience is when you have self-correcting and self-healing loops in the system. Hmm. Now, people go, uh, healing? What are you talking about? We're talking about business. Yeah, but can you repair yourself? Can your business repair your itself when you are away, when you are on holidays for hmm. a month? Yeah. Can the system repair itself or not? One example of a, a system which has these loops is Wikipedia. Wikipedia can repair itself at any time. You can remove single people. Mm. The network is intelligent, is repairing itself all the time. They wake up in the morning, they go and repair stuff. There is somebody who makes an entry which, which, is, which is just promotional, shouldn't be there. It's not relevant. One person in the system will find it, will kill it right now, mm. right now. And they are not paid by anybody. Another example is Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a self-repairing system. It will survive everything. It will survive the US dollars. It will survive me and you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so resilient. It, it's surviving gold right now. So that's a, that's a system which is resilient. China banned it like 15 times and maybe Europe wants to ban it. It will survive all of this thing because mm. it's resilient. People wake up and repair it. Yeah. So that's a resilient system. And now what you see is these things are decentral. Yeah. So why do they work? Because there is not one single point of failure, which is the biggest problem, right? And that's and that's the, the usually 
people who founded it and uh, they were passionate about something. And now in small business, they are the bottleneck. Mm. So I was the bottleneck of my own business. I did consulting. I was passionate about it. I had more project. I was the bottleneck. And when you see that you are the bottleneck, you have to fire yourself from operations. Mm. That was the best thing that I did three and a half years ago. I said, okay, Simon cannot be booked anymore as a coach. Simon fired himself from operations. Yeah, but Simon, I want this coaching. You can have it. Yeah, but I cannot book you. You don't need me. You need the process. Mm. And I, I love it. In systems we trust, we say, trust the process. Yeah. Trust the process. The mm. process is there. And what was helping BMW do their strategy was not Simon. It was the process that Simon was one of the contributors in building. Beautiful. And so that process can be used by many other people. The anatomy of a sprint is always the same. Every sprint is different, but the anatomy of a sprint is always the same. Month one, get people out of the weeds, make the system less people dependent, make the system more resilient, more agile. Month two, improve their sales. Month three, scale it. It's always the same anatomy. Of course, every sprint is unique, but the anatomy of a sprint is always the same. Mm. Uh, like every person goes to the doctor, every person is unique, but the anatomy of that person is usually the same. They don't have yeah. to study the organs again and again. How, how do leaders usually um, response? Sorry, did you want to finish your point? No. Yeah, I, I was just curious how, how leaders usually respond to that. I, I think it's a great thing that you do. One, firing yourself. Two, being able to say, you know, and they want to work with you, being able to say, no, you don't need me. You need the system, right? And another one of my coaches who is certified can assist you with that. Has that, you know, um, removed the opportunity for for engagements with, with specific customers? How, how do they usually respond when, when you present it that way? I was surprised that they don't they don't miss me at all because it right. works. It, okay. it works and they see it's the method. Yeah. You know, if, for example, the Ayurveda method of cooking, you don't need a specific chef. Right. You know, I'm sure it's great to have an Ayurveda chef, but you buy a book about Ayurveda, you implement it, it works. Yeah. So it's about the practice and the practice is if you trust the process, they will tell you, okay, every dish should have these five elements, and uh, and then you you do it and you try it out until you get you get the five elements going, and then you see the difference, and then you have the impact. That's the process. Yeah. So trust the process, and if a process is around five thousand years, probably there is something working there. Yeah, just follow the steps. So trust the process. Yes. And, you know, everybody's different and every family is different and my kids, my kids are different. So the one likes this meal, the other likes that meal. But the process of, 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 of cooking is mise en place, then it's uh, specific things first and second and third, and then it's bringing it to the table. It's always the same anatomy, it's always the same process of cooking. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I mean. And that's how we created the sprint. So, um we know that we have to achieve frequency improvement, conversion rate improvement, and positioning improvement, which then leads to higher prices that they can charge. Mm -hmm. And we know what the elements are to get there, but every single one is different. And now the, the masterclass of coaching is dealing with the, with the concerns on the other side, because 
you tell them you have to do the vivid vision now. Yeah. Uh, we have a similar thing to vivid vision where you write down on five pages the vision in three years. Yeah. And they go, no, I don't have time for that. I know exactly what the vision is. Yeah, write it down on five pages. No, I don't have time to write it down. I don't have time to write it down. Well, this is a stupid idea. And then they do it. And then they go, oh, wow, I didn't want to stop it anymore. I want to publish it. I want to sing this from every roof. Yeah. But first, when you propose it, they go, no, that's not what I need right now. Mm. So that's the art of coaching. And that's why a coach is valuable because, you know, you have to pick them up where they are, but you have also to push them to the next, to the next level that you see they are capable of. You see they are ready. And that's why you need a coach still. And the software couldn't do it. The book cannot do it. You need the coach who sees, all right, you are here. You are capable of here. So this is your step. Mm-hmm. This is your assignment for this week. Okay. That, that they have to select out of the 274 tools, the one that does this right now. I see. It's like acupuncture point. Hey everyone, it's me, Marquis. I just wanted to take a minute to tell you a bit more about Ditto. If you've been listening to In Systems We Trust for a while, you've heard firsthand accounts of how systems and workflows change the landscape of work for businesses and leaders across the globe. Ever felt like there just aren't enough hours in the day? Is your startup starting to grow and scale and you're wondering how your systems will scale with it? Maybe you're part of a widespread multi-level corporation that needs to update and overhaul its standard operating procedures. Well, if you can relate, Ditto can help. Eliminate team burnout, keep your best talent, and have a clear system in place to help you and your business achieve your goals. Visit thinkditto.com to learn more. And that's that's good for people that really understand process or change or the evolution of a business. But how do you break it down? And, you know, maybe you coach your clients through this, right? When that light comes on and they have that realization that, oh, wow, I am the bottleneck or I'm not the best person in my business to do this anymore, right? With a lot of entrepreneurs or leaders in business, there's an ego that comes with that. How do you deal with that? And do you have to coach them through that process of transitioning either power or responsibility? Maybe we're setting up some kind of, you know, um, succession plan for someone to take over. How do you transition them through that stage if there is ego involved or if they were the principal um, person in the business and, you know, all that knowledge was with them? What does that look like? Ego is good. Ego is the fuel of everything. Ego just shouldn't be driving the car because you don't want to have the fuel driving the car. So there is a place for the fuel and it's not behind the wheel. Uh, That's where the fuel goes. uh, So what we do is we create systems to do that. And one of it is having three habits, daily habit, weekly habit, monthly habit. I do it myself, every coach does it, everybody in my team does it. And so our clients see that we do it and by osmosis, they they trust the process and they, okay, if Simon does it, I, I'm gonna do it, mm. I, I give it a try. Yeah. So the daily habit, you write down how you are allocating your time right now. And then it asks you what gives energy, takes energy and what is moving the whole forward versus just the parts. You do this every day, you write down, first you, you find stuff. Oh, really? I was watching Netflix two hours. Uh, Is that the best use of my time? Maybe yes. 
maybe not. And then the next thing is, does it give me energy or take energy? Mm. And then does it move the whole thing forward? Because if you're the CEO, you better do stuff that moves the whole forward, the whole system forward. Yeah. Like one joint venture with a big corporation partner moves the whole thing forward. Right. But probably doing a post on LinkedIn does not. Mm. So um, delegate the parts, systemize, automate, cut, delegate what only moves parts forward becomes a natural thing for them to do. So I don't ask them to delegate. I ask them to tell me how you are allocating your time. And automatically, when stuff pops up, when they see, oh, I'm doing three hours of this. I hate this. I hate doing the books. Mm -hmm. uh, well, can you outsource it? Right. <laughs> can you automate it? And then you have their buy-in. So that's how we do that. And bit by bit, they start, you know, removing themselves from more layers of the organization. That, that's why it takes us 12 weeks, 90 days. Got it. Because it's a process. It's not a thing that they do at once. Beautiful. Um, I want to ask how you um, set them up for time tracking, because I think that's one of the things that any owner can do, any leader can do to really understand where your time is going. It's easy to mm -hmm. kind of guess through that. But um, one thing that I do with with my tasks that's definitely in line with what you said, it's the it's the time management framework where I put all my tasks into one of four buckets. It's either something that I need to do that's important and urgent, something that I need to defer, which is important but not urgent, right? Delegate, not important but urgent, or delete, right? Not important, not urgent at all. So there's these four buckets and it helps you to kind of see at the end of it, you know, how am I breaking down all of my different tasks that I need to do every single day? And so is that what you're communicating to your customers and through time tracking, are you helping them to do that? And what, do, what system are you using to, to do that as well? Yeah, we have four categories and um, one is admin then you have technician and then you have engineer and then you have executive and they have to pick one of those four. So admin, for example, is when you do things that can easily done by a software or by a virtual assistant. Then we have um, technician, which is doing work in the work. And then we have executive that is working on the work. So either you're doing in the work, for example, customer service, um, coaching, coaching is in the work. Yeah. And then you have executive tier, which is on the work, improving form, fit and function of the sales system, improving form, fit and function of our, of our joint venture system, yeah. improving, um, our vision. Yeah. That's working on the business that's executive tier. And so, yes, it helps to see, okay, what's moving the whole thing forward versus the parts, what is giving you energy, taking energy. And um, it helps you really review like your four categories. These are similar categories and they are also helpful just to be aware, how am I spending my time? How can I spend my time better? 
Perfect. And and how do how are you quantifying that? You're setting up some kind of time tracking system for them. Um, rescue time, I know, is an automatic one that you can plug into your browser. We use Harvest at Ditto. What are you recommending for them to really um, start seeing where their time is going? And then um, what is the training of that tool and how to track time really look like in these two buckets on the business versus in the business? Yeah. With we with user flow, it costs daily flow is the template that we use, and it's very simple. It works on everything, and you do it manually. We want it manually okay. because we want you to to reflect, to review, and it's like journaling. And you know, if you just talk to Siri and she journals for you, it's different. And if you write it down, we want you to feel it. Mm. So. Um, it's a tool and people can download it on, on our website, strategiesprints.com. This is a spreadsheet? It's called a daily flow. We have a, we have a spreadsheet okay. version for people who love spreadsheets. Okay. And we have an iPad version where you write it with your iPad pencil. Got it. That's, that's what most people like, the iPad version. And some like the spreadsheet version. So that's why we have both because you have different learning styles, right? Yep. So, but we have both on our website and you can download them for free. That's, that's what we use. Very simple and do it manually. So we removed from our own systems, everything that was tracking Mm -hmm. the time because you don't need to do it every day. You do it for three days a week and you are just analyzing. Okay. I do it every day because I just, it's anyways, my agenda. Right. So I do my agenda there. And um, it's on the iPad and the next day I scroll just to the next day. And it's, it's always the same template. It's always the same thing. It's really helpful. It's my my daily habit. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how we use it. Are you, and uh, are, it's on purpose. It's manually. Yeah, that's interesting that you do it manually. Are you then taking that data at the end of the month and putting it in a spreadsheet, let's say, and, you know, then no. generating some kind of a We do nothing with inputs. Okay. We don't measure inputs. No reporting or anything like that? Because we don't care about inputs. We care about outputs. Okay. So we measure outputs. Okay. The only inputs that, and maybe this is too theoretical, let's do it practically. Sure. So what do we measure every seven days? We measure marketing numbers, sales numbers, ops numbers. Mm. And which metrics do we do we measure? Yeah. So in marketing, it's how many people want something from you and um, how many did you contact? Mm. And that, for example, for us, it's number of unique visitors per per page per week and number of people that were called by our setters, by the people who start conversations. Mm-hmm. Sales numbers. And you see, there are no inputs there. So sales, well, input, number of people that we called is an input. It's a leading indicator, uh, uh, leading legging. Yeah. It's, it's an input. It's something yeah. that you do. And then the output is you get people on the calendar. Right. You get booked a discovery call. That's now one of the sales numbers. How many discovery calls did you do? That's the input. How many did you close? Output. What's the dollar value? Output. Hmm. simple that's the only three things that we track every seven days in sales the whole sales department is three numbers and they are always visualized yeah then we have ops operations is how many super happy clients how many pissed clients how many client referrals we measure this via nps yeah net promoter score yeah and with the pissed clients it's not the amount it's 
number of times that we turned the pissed moment into a wow moment. Because we, walk, we want pissed clients. We want somebody who says, hey, this tool is not helpful. And then we jump immediately on a call. So we measure ourselves by the time, but by how quickly we turn that into wow. Because we jump there, we take 90 minutes, and then we go deep and say, okay, tell me, what's, what's not working? What would you need instead? We write it down, we go do our homework, we, we improve the product, we come back and say, hey, here is the improved version, please, feedback. And then they go, wow, you really care. Mm. And we go, of course, you are our client. We are organized around you. That's who we are here to serve. That's what we do. But it's not, it's, it's, it's not felt on the other side if you don't have this loop. Right. Most people that ask me for feedback, I don't even give the feedback. You don't care. You are my, like my utility company. You don't care. What do you want from me? I delete it. Mm-hmm. But if somebody really cares, if it's my business coach, mindset coach, whatever, and they really care, I take time because I know they will read it. They will act upon it. Right. So interesting. For brands that I trust, I trust Tesla, I trust Apple because they do stuff for me. They improve my life. Mm-hmm. So I give them feedback. If Apple asks me for feedback, I take time. I, I expect them to react and they usually do. Interesting. And similar with Tesla and with other brands where I feel like they care about, uh, about me on the other side. Very interesting. Yeah. You, you, you as the clients and, um, I actually wrote this down, the, the metric or the KPI I need to add to my dashboard, NPC, number of pissed clients. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the number itself that tells, because, you know, if the number goes up, it's not better. If it goes down, it's sure. not better. Yeah. It's the time from you got the complaint to you turned it into wow. Got it. Okay. So it's four hours, three hours, nine hours. Okay. Um, I want to write that down so I don't forget. Perfect. And so you see, we don't measure a lot of time. I don't know. We are a fully remote team. Mm-hmm. I don't know the people in Los Angeles, in uh, in London, in Singapore, in Shanghai, when they start working, when they stop working. I don't care. Yeah. Do they work on the weekend? I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> but I don't know. And it's not me to decide. We, we go as decentral as possible. Yeah. Uh, of course, on most levels, right? We need a unity in action, but we need freedom in when does somebody do what? They decide, they know what's best. They know when they are needed, when they are not needed, and they organize around it. I don't care if somebody works eight hours, nine hours, three hours per day. Mm -hmm. I care about the NPS. I care about what the client says. I, I care about, and that's why we need every Monday to discuss all clients. And we go through all marketing numbers, sales numbers, and ops numbers of each client mm-hmm. every Monday. Okay. Because this is what I care about. If the coach does it in three hours or 12 hours, irrelevant to me. Right. Immaterial. What's the output? But I want to see that number go up. Otherwise, I have to do something. Yeah. Uh, I have to improve a template. I have to coach the coach more. I have to do something. I have to go into the project and, uh, and contribute to the project itself, to the client work. If, if it's not going up those three numbers, then I have to, I have to do something. That's the, yeah. again, one of the 
loops that we want to have. We want to have these self-correcting and self-healing loops. It's beautiful. How many certified coaches do you have? Basically quality control, good old quality control in very small loops very often. Just as we're, we're wrapping up. So you have this system and it's an incredible system. Um, the methodology that you've developed, obviously this did not come by luck. We've heard how you tried many things, you iterated um, upon those, those things. And in your book, you talk about ROL, right? The, the, the return on luck. And for me, luck is a byproduct of hard work, dedication, and never giving up. So first off, how do you define luck? And, and what is really ROL? How, do you, how would you describe it? Um, to the to the listener, I changed my mind about hard work. I was a very hardworking person, and I changed my mind. Um, I believe now in, in easy work, effortless work, in having a lot of fun, in laughing a lot, um, and in doing exercise every day, being in nature every day, being with your loved ones every day, uh, flying around less being less in hotels, in airports, in conferences. I don't do that anymore. Um, I am where my loved ones are. Um, and the results are more instead of less. So the working hard part, I don't think so. And the sprint method is really by reduction. If you look at the sprint Mm -hmm. training, let's, let's, Let's talk sprinters, like the people who run fast, 400 meters, 100 meters. They don't train more than a marathon runner. They don't train more. They don't train all the time. They train a little bit and then they have huge breaks and they slack and they snack and they go around and they play with their dog and Mm -hmm. they eat and they dream and they watch Netflix. And then they have a small, small, uh, intense workout. And then they watch Netflix again and they go swimming and they go tennis, etc. And then have a small, intense workout. You just need two sprints per week to run an amazing mm. marathon. Two sprints of 20 minutes per week. And those 20 minutes are made of 40 seconds fast, three minutes relaxing. So it's more relaxation okay. time than actually intense training if you want to be faster. That's again about resilience because the impulse, the intense impulse is short. The muscle growth, the strength increase is done during the regeneration time of the muscle. The nervous system is doing the work when you relax. This is where your muscles grow. You need a short impulse, Mm. once bench, uh, and then six hours, no bench, nothing. Yeah. Nothing. This is when the muscle yeah. grows. You just small impulse at in, in the right intensity for you, which is always a little bit more than you can do right now. And then the, your nervous system does the rest. The nervous system says, oh, we need a little bit more bone intensity for what's coming. And then there, the rest, there are many autonomous decentralized systems which create more bone density, but they do it while you relax. If you, okay. if you train too much, you immediately overtrain, which means immune system goes down. You will be sick. You will get injured. Every athlete knows about injuries. Uh, yeah. And so you prevent injuries by having better regeneration and um, training less and training better. 
Okay. So again, it's more about reduction, right? In this framework, doing less to get more. Right. But more it seems you've applied it. Much less. Yes. But it's the right yeah. things, velocity, and you do them at mm. high intensity until they're done. Got it. And for me, that's translating to how we approach even our tasks, right? Like short bursts, you know, if if anyone's listening and they follow the, the Pomodoro yeah. method, you know, you're, you're working hard for 25 minutes or so, and then you take a five minute break, or you can flip that any way you want to, but in your focused or deep work, you're working on that one thing to completion. And it seems that you've taken that translated over to life, which when you said that at the start of like not being in hotels or airports, I mean, I, I don't travel all that much, but I felt that because that's one of the reasons I became an entrepreneur was to spend more time with my my family. You probably saw one of my kids yeah. came in the room here. I, I have twin boys and, you know, like they need my attention even when I'm in the middle of a podcast. And so I love being home with them, being flexible and signing off whenever I, I want to or need to to spend time with them. So I, I love that approach and doing less, but spending more intense time on the things that really matter. I love it. You know, in business, I think it's about the alignment of marketing, sales, and operations. You get that right, mm -hmm. magic happens. You just align these yeah. three parts of your business, magic happens. In life, okay. I want to align my thinking, my feeling, and my doing. Okay. So if what I think is in line with what I feel and is in line with what I say and do, I am more fulfilled. I am more happy. Okay. That's the simple thing um, of allying these three things in every moment, in every day. And so for me, one day is organized around that, around that marketing, sales yeah. and operations. Um, on the business side and um, thinking, feeling and acting on the personal side. And um, many things, I think, were broken up by, by these last two years that gave us the chance mm -hmm. to really uh, reflect, hey, wait a moment. Uh, what really is fulfillment for me? So if I yes. restart this whole thing, what will I not restart? And most people are not going back, which I love. They yeah. are not going yeah. back to these old models of eight hours, one desk with 20 people and, and all that thing that was never in alignment with how they think, how they feel and how they act. Because most of these, you know, situations, corporate situations, you are doing something that you don't feel and you are thinking yeah. something that you don't <laughs> say. So it's always misalignment. That's unhappiness, pure unhappiness. Mm -hmm. And everybody was, oh, I would oh. do this differently. So why are you there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Simon, you're, you're, you're pulling out my heartstrings here. Um, I, I want to share one thing as we close, and then I'll ask you for any final thoughts. But I remember um, my dad, who spent 40 plus years in, in finance as a, um, internal auditor and CPA and worked for one of the big banks. And he would travel a lot all over the world um, to different branches and meetings and 
he, he was he was home and he was present, obviously, but he had traveled a lot. And when he retired, which he was able to do early um, because he worked really hard in his career, he said, if I could take it all back and do it all again, I would have taken another job where I could spend more time at home with my family. And that was the first time I ever heard my dad say anything like that, right? And so that really struck a chord with me. So when you're saying this, it, it's definitely, it feels like we're aligned in that. I feel like we need a whole other conversation just to talk about this uh, because I'm loving it. But thanks for sharing that. I just wanted to um, share that with you. But a- a- any response or closing thoughts just as we're wrapping things up here? So I did um, do the hard work of writing this all down on on uh, of course. A couple pages. I think it's 170 pages. It's Strategy Sprints, the book, okay. which is really the yeah. distilled 20 years um, that it took me 20 years to write it and one one year to type it. And um, and it's now out there and uh, it's it's really helpful because every chapter is the big things that you need to solve and there is a blueprint each for the process how to tackle them so i have it always here on my desk because i look it up i i use those as a checklist i have a marketing problem i go to chapter three marketing and i say oh did i do this did i do this did i do this i have a sales problem i go to chapter four sales and i go oh look i forgot this one thing so i use it as a checklist um, to think okay. things through. Perfect. And I know that it's on Amazon. You have it on Kindle. I assume it's on Audible as well. Yeah. Uh, if Perfect. you, if you right. buy it on Amazon, please leave me a review because that's the only thing that tells the algorithm that this is relevant. So if you want to help right. other entrepreneurs find blueprints for their business, uh, leave a review. I just added it to my cart right now. I'm going to, I'm going to purchase it. Thanks so much. Strategy sprints.com. Simon Severino. Thanks so much for being here. Simon really do appreciate your time. Thank you for holding this space and for trusting in systems. Keep rolling. Of course. Thanks for listening to the in systems. We trust podcast with Marky Murray. If you liked what you heard today, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Don't forget to rate the episode and share it with a friend. Head over to thinkditto.com to learn more about how the team at Ditto can help your business scale by implementing the systems and processes needed to get you there.